Central Park Baptist Church. Hey, man, good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My voice is cracking on me. Uh, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 675. Hymn 675, if you're a born-again believer, you know that old account was settled long ago. Amen. Hymn 675, hymn 675, the old account was settled. <laughs> time on earth when in the book of hell an old account was standing from sins yet unforgiven my name was at the top and many things below knew the keeper and settled long ago long ago down on my name long ago i settled it all yes the old account was settled long ago hallelujah Section, you may be seated for this next one. 
They still shine. Amen and amen. Isn't it exciting to be saved? Amen. amen. Save, save, save him. 353, him 353. We'll do all verses. Save, save, save. Amen. Him 353. There's no better condition to be in than to be saved. Amen. 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 Him 353. Save, save. I found. saved. I'm, I'm ready for the Lord to come get us now. Amen. Amen. Well, get your prayer sheets out if you would, please. And while you're getting those out, let me remind you of a couple of things in our bulletin. Uh, if you still have those, you can go ahead and pull those out. Uh, please uh, remember tomorrow evening, uh, they're going to be getting the bus washed and cleaned up. Uh, you say, what if it rains? Well, it'll rain and it'll rain on a clean bus. So, uh, but uh, they're going to get it all cleaned up and everything. So if you can help with that, please come and help them uh, tomorrow evening. Some of the uh, guys are going to be doing, taking care of the lawn and all, all those kinds of things. So the more the merrier uh, tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. So please come and help us with that. Uh, also, um, Sunday following the afternoon service, uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to go ahead and decorate for July 2nd because uh, folks are gone all week. And uh, so we need to try to get that done uh, following the afternoon services Sunday. So if, if we could get a, a, as much help as possible uh, to help decorate, some can be in here decorating, and uh, then the, the others, the men, will need to uh, load up the bus uh, to leave because everybody's bringing all of their heavy uh, luggage stuff to put on the bus Sunday afternoon after church that's going to VBS and, and everybody that's going can say amen, amen. well that's, that's a few amen I'm telling you but uh, please don't forget about those things so uh, bring all of your luggage as well this coming Sunday so that we can load that uh, Sunday afternoon and be ready to go uh, Monday uh, morning don't forget we're going to meet you need to be here by 4 o'clock so we can get everything ready because we're leaving at 4.30. Yep. Amen. That's in the a.m. Yep. Okay? 
Uh, I know sometimes, any of y'all get up normally at 430? I'm, I'm kind of do sometimes, you know. Most time it's 5, 530. You get up 430? Good. Well, I get up at 530, so, but I'll be here. Uh, I'll be here, so pray, pray for us that everything goes well. But please don't forget about everything that's in your bulletin. Please uh, look at those things. I know that uh, July 2nd is our uh, 23 and 23 prayer meeting. We had 22 last uh, last month, so we, we need one more. So let me encourage you. Let, let's come and, and pray and ask God. God said, call unto me, and I will answer thee Amen. and show thee. Small and weak thing, no great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So come, come and help us that Sunday. I mean, excuse me, yeah, that Sunday, the twenty uh, or July second, and let's do twenty three and twenty three. All right, and then of course, men's prayer breakfast is July first uh, at eight thirty. And uh, I, I saw the stack of pancakes in the bulletin. That looks really good. The only thing I I like some pancakes with my butter. Amen. I mean, the more butter you can stack on that, the better. I like a piece of butter in every bite. Amen. Anyway, uh, look in your bulletins for all those things. But don't forget tomorrow evening, you come help and clean that bus up. That'd be great. All right. <coughs> Pardon me. Prayer request sheet. Anybody need one of those? <coughs> Anybody need one of all the men to come and get you one? All right. Brother, bring Brother Malachi one of those, would you please? Um, please remember to pray for uh, all of our folks on our, our help list. Good to see Miss Erica here this evening. Uh, please continue to pray for her. Uh, if you would, please. I know she certainly appreciates that. Pray for her strength. But again, pray for all of these. Brother Dennis, Miss Susie was here Sunday, but you could tell that they're still fighting some health issues. So lift them up in prayer. Remember to pray for Brother Ron. Uh, Wortham, he hasn't been here in the last few weeks, and uh, talked to him yesterday. Uh, just uh, you know, through, we went over to visit, but we didn't catch him. Uh, but anyway, but pray for him, and, and as well as others, brother Gary Lund, as well on some of his health issues. But also, I want to pray a, a special prayer for uh, Rashawn. Uh, I, see, I don't think he is on there, is he not? Is he under special? No, he's not. But we need to add him, uh, brother. Shelton's godson, Rashawn. Uh, what's his last name, Brother Shelton? Um, I put him on the spot. <laughs> okay, he'll, he'll get it. But Barnes, Barnes, Barnes. Barnes, okay. Uh, Rashawn Barnes. Uh, he's been here. He, man, he's a, he's a big young man now. He's 22 now. But he was coming when he was a little guy. And uh, but he's been having some issues. They've had him on life support. They is has an enlarged heart, uh, but they've got him off, and so but and he's doing a little better. But please pray for him. He's they are. Uh, I was talking about Sheldon cautiously optimistic about him. Uh, so please pray for Rashawn and uh, and his health, if you would please. And I know that the family and and uh, some of them are there with him as well in the hospital. So uh, again. Uh, please, a special request for him, all right? Uh, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask the Lord's blessing on the offering as well. Please don't forget, first Sunday in July, we start our giving plan for debt retirement. We had some more cards turned in. Uh, let me please encourage you. Uh, exercise faith, and, and I know that's going to take some. Uh, take faith for most of us, if not all of us, with that, because that's a step uh, out. But I'm telling you, you can't outgive God. And when you trust God and you give, God will always return the blessing. Cast your bread upon the water, not many days henceforth. It shall return unto thee. So uh, let me encourage you. And if you have questions about that, uh, please come and you feel free to ask, all right? So, Lord, we come before you tonight thanking you, God, for prayer. I thank you, dear Father God, for the power of prayer. I'm thankful, God, that... You have made a way through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can come before uh, our Father, our Creator of all things, God, and have audience with you through prayer. And I'm thankful for that today. I'm thankful, God, that you said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which, which thou knowest not. And, Lord, I'm thankful we worship and serve that kind of God who we can call our Heavenly Father 
again through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so, Lord, as we come before you uh, tonight, we pray for these that we've mentioned. Lord, we have special prayer requests for Miss Erica and her health. Lord, for Brother Ron, uh, worth them in his health. God, we lift him up in prayer. Brother Gary Lund, Lord, we pray for him as well as Rashawn, Lord, there uh, in the hospital. And God, you know each and every need here, Father. And you knew, God, what was coming before it ever got to this place. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that, uh, Lord, as we lift up these names before you, God, that you would have your perfect will and way in each and every uh, request. God, we thank you, Lord, again, for the power of prayer. Help us, God, to always remember that, God, there is power in prayer. And, God, that you are a prayer-answering God. And, Lord, we, again, are thankful for that. So, Lord, please help us, God. We mentioned these. There's many others, Lord, as well on our prayer request sheet, Lord, and we lift them up in prayer, asking you, God, to, to help us, Lord, to not pray amiss, but God, ask, uh, Lord, these supplications, Lord, according to your perfect will. God, thank you for our church. Thank you for our people and their faithfulness, God, tonight, Lord, and I pray that you'd help me, God, as I bring the message, Lord, on the life of David, and God, may we glean from it those things that will help us as well to be stronger Christians, Lord, and uh, with a, uh, and be able to stand against the fiery darts of Satan. And so, God, please help us, Lord, bless. And, Lord, we give you praise for it. Lord, a, a special prayer as well for our mission trip coming up, God, in next week. Lord, it's not just about the trip. It's not just about going somewhere. But, God, it's about the souls of, of these young people, Lord, these children and adults as well. And, God, we ask you, Lord, for a harvest of souls as we go. And, we ask you, God, to move in the hearts and lives of, of those that come. And we ask you, Lord, for that to help us to reach that 100 mark, God, and the people that come. And, Lord, because in that 100, there's going to be some that are lost. And I pray for their salvation, God. There's going to be children, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God may even touch their hearts about full-time ministry. And so, God, please, I pray, God, that you begin to work in those hearts. I spoke with Brother Cato today. And... Lord, they're looking forward to us coming. And so, Lord, we pray for traveling graces, Lord. We pray, God, that your perfect will be done in all things. Thanking you, God, for it. Bless this offering. Thank you, God, for the privilege that you've given us that we can give just a small portion back to you. God, take it and use it, Lord. Multiply it, God. And, and Lord, as a result, may we see souls saved in this place, Lord. And, God, may we hear of souls being saved on the foreign fields, God, who we, who we support in our missionaries. And, God, again, we give you the praise and the glory for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask all these things. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. of hymn 445, Praise Him. At the conclusion of the hymn, please briefly greet each other as we prepare for this evening's special. Hymn 445, Praise Him, first and last verses. Sing along. Oh, praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him at the Thank you. 
song amen first samuel 17 i like that it goes right along with the message i like it when the lord does that first samuel 17 we're going to begin reading in verse uh, 43 and we'll read down through verse 58 all right through the end of the chapter first samuel 17 verse 43 found your place say amen and the Philistine said unto David, remember, David's come out. Now, David, they're about, to, they're about to get with it, all right? And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel." Well, up to this point, they didn't know that there was a God in Israel. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine and David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. He didn't say he was dead yet. All right. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood upon the Philistine uh, I thought that's kind of funny, just that, you know. And, and took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines until thou come to the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And, and, and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Sheraim, and even unto Gath and to Ekron. And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, 
Whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said, Inquire thou whose son the stripling is, or stripling is. And, and as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, and with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse, uh, the Bethlehemite. Father, I pray that you'd bless the reading of your word. Bless the message, Lord, tonight. And help us again, God, to glean from it those things that will help us and strengthen us, Lord. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, in verse 40, we found that David has, he's grabbed his sling, grabbed his five smooth stones, and the Bible says he drew near to the Philistine. David didn't waste any time uh, uh, taking care of God. Listen, this is not his business. This is God's business. And, and, and it's the same thing with you and I. When we do God's work, we ought not waste any time either. In fact, we need to get after it because time is short. I think it's shorter than what we realize. And, and so we, we need not waste time. Procrastination is a bad word. It ought to be a curse word. Why? Because people do it. And we do it to our detriment. But when we do God's work, we also need to understand, listen, we need to do it now, if not sooner. And so we see this in David uh, when he hasted uh, toward the Philistine. But notice in verse 43 and through verse 45, they exchange words while David's coming toward Goliath and Goliath is headed toward David. We, we see this conversation. And, and by the way, when, when you read this conversation, we are reading a conversation that took place a couple thousand years ago. I mean, have you ever thought of that? I mean, here we have a, their conversation. Uh, I mean, it, it's better than Memorex. You know, we got it right here. Yeah, amen. I mean, it's something that we have read, that we can read about, and it's just as true today as it was then. And and so we're seeing that a conversation uh, that took place between Goliath and David. And and if you notice there, Goliath asked these words. He said, "Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves?" Or that word "staves" means sticks. Well, first of all, David didn't have any sticks. He didn't have any staves. He had a sling and five smooth stones. And, and you know, when it comes to the things of God, watch this, uh, and, and, and God's way about doing things, the devil, the world, listen, they never get it right. Listen, I mean, we see this. You, we go all the way back to Genesis when uh, Satan was, came into the Garden of Eden to deceive uh, Adam and Eve. Listen, Satan didn't get it right then either. But he deceived Eve as a result. He said, hath God said? Listen, the world will never get it right when it comes to the things of God. And we can all say, amen. amen. Goliath, when he's coming, notice that uh, Goliath is concerned about his honor. I mean, he says, am I a dog? I mean, he's worried about what people think about him. But David is not concerned about his own honor or his, uh, uh, the honor of David. David is concerned about God's honor. And we ought to be the same way. Look in verse 43. It says, And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Listen, Goliath was a foul-mouthed, profane individual. I mean, we see it right here. He says he cursed David by his gods. Listen, we're seeing here uh, that his mouth shows a corrupt heart. It shows a heart that needs to be cleaned up. Listen, and if we can flippantly use curse words, then guess what? We have a heart that needs to be some, you know, have some cleaning done as well. Too many Christians today, I think, sometimes use foul language, and we ought not do that. Come on, we ought to say Amen. I used to tell people a long time ago, listen, when we use foul language, it just shows how limited our vocabulary is. I mean, if we ought to get a dictionary out and figure out what we want to say without using that kind of stuff. Amen. Uh, notice what he says, Goliath, in verse 44. He says, come to me. And what's the next two words? I will. Now watch, that's important. 
He says, I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And, and, and notice again, we talked about this in the last lesson that, that uh, Goliath and not, they have left God out. And, and, and we see it here again. It, this, what Goliath says, it's a, it, it was based on self. In other words, Goliath is thinking, listen, he's going to take care of all this himself. And can I encourage you this evening and challenge you too, to God help us that anything that we do, whether it's something of an earthly nature or if it's something of an eternal nature, listen, God help us to do it with his help. Listen, God help us never to do it in the strength of this flesh because if we do things in the power of this flesh, then we're going to get what the flesh gives. But if we do it in the power of Almighty God, then we're going to get, listen, what the power of God can give us, and it is limitless what he gives us. So Goliath didn't think, though, that he needed God's help, and which, you know, and by the way, that brings corruption. See, when you leave God out, corruption always takes over. Yeah. Now, Goliath is coming, and he says, I will. He's doing all this in in his flesh, so we see his conversation but now let's look at, at David's conversation and what he says in verse 45. He says, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. Now look what he says. Where Goliath said, I will. David didn't say that. He said, David said, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Now listen, David didn't say, I'm going to do this. No, he, first of all, he gave God the glory and he said, I'm coming in the strength of Almighty God. See, Goliath's armor, and we talked about this, uh, uh, it was impressive to the eyes. It was impressive to the flesh. But David's armor was the armor of God. Listen, God's armor ought to be impressive to the child of God. Nothing of this world ought to impress us. Amen. Amen. I mean, uh, uh, David's armor, and by the way, we're studying about God's armor on Sunday afternoons, and it, it'll help you if you'll come and, you know, if you'll come and drink the water, I'm telling you, it'll do you some good. Uh, but on Sunday afternoon, so Goliath, here, here he is relying on brass, he's relying on armor that's made by the hands of men, but listen, but the, arm, the armor of this flesh is no match for the armor of God. Amen. So David here, we see that, uh, our, our Goliath has been defying Jehovah uh, up to this point, and, and David is upset about it. And notice that David is not upset about how Goliath has uh, sized him up. That's not what got David riled up. Right. Amen. Amen. I mean, David, Goliath already said, man, look at this. This is just a kid. Are you kidding? Are y'all sending a kid out here? I mean, but watch. I mean, so David's not upset about that. What David is upset about is because of what Goliath has done and how Goliath has viewed Jehovah God. Now David is upset about that. And this is one of the major factors here in David's victory. Folks, listen, the victories over trials of this life will be determined by how we view God. Amen. Listen, the reason why we see a lot of defeated Christians nowadays is because of our uh, uh, folks' view is how we view God. Listen, I serve an almighty God. I serve an awesome God. A God that can show us great and mighty things that we know not. And, and what I'm able to do in this life depends on how I picture him and how I view him in my life. If you serve a little God, then listen, that's, that's the kind of life you're going to have. Well, personally, I don't serve a little God. I serve an almighty God. And David sees that here as well, and he's upset because of Goliath and how he's talked about, about God. And, and so look in verse 46. David goes on to say, This day will I deliver... No, he didn't say that. He said, This day will the Lord, all caps, Jehovah God, this day will Jehovah God deliver thee into mine hand. See, he starts out with God first. And he, noted, and he knows that if you start with God first, then listen, then God will take care of the rest. And then he goes on to say, uh, God will deliver you into my hand. And then after God delivers you into my hand, I'll smite thee, take thine head from thee. I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. You see, David based his words to Goliath on God's help. 
not man's. David made God the reason for the promised victory, and that gave David the upper hand. Listen, when we put God first in our lives, we will always have the upper hand on the circumstances and the things of this life. Yeah. Look in verse 46 and verse 47. Let me, let's just go ahead and read it. It says, This day uh, will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, take thine head from thee. I will give, it to, give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the earth, uh, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands." Now notice it says, and all this assembly. He's not just talking about the Israelites. He's talking about the Philistines too. He's saying, listen, everybody here that's watching this, they're going to know that there's a God in heaven. And this is important. You see, Goliath's purpose here in defeating David was honored to, to exalt himself. David's purpose is to exalt God. Amen. Amen. Listen, David is going to, and I thought about this the other day, David is going to, uh, he, he's going to practice something that Paul said some 1,200 years or more to the future in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. He's going to practice where Paul said, whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That's exactly what David is doing. He's about to fight Goliath, but he's given God all the honor for it. Amen. Amen. David was a man concerned about God's glory. And folks, listen, what we do here at Central Park Baptist Church, we, listen, reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not so that we can pat myself or yourself on the back, but it's to, so that we can bring honor and glory to God himself. This is not about you or I. This is about the glory and the honor of God. Amen. Listen, and... Uh, so when we do things, now watch this, we do, when we do things, God's honor, God's glory ought to be in our hearts and minds when we do anything, whether, it's where, whether we stand and teach a class, it ought to be about the honor and glory of God. I understand, listen, when folks like Miss Rachel and, and Malachi say, and I like, they did a good job. And, and if you clap, listen, don't clap for them. You clap for the honor and the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. We're not here. I'm thankful that folks get up here and sing, that the choir sings. But listen, we're not here to give them glory and honor. We're here to give God the honor and the glory for it. Right. Amen. So if we, whether we teach, whether we sing, whether we preach, whether we take out the trash, whether we sweep or mop the floors, whatever it is, God help us uh, to do it for the honor and glory of Almighty God, period. Amen. That's exactly what David's doing. Now look in verse 49. Uh, let, let me just, I want to read this. Look, it says that, and David put his hand in his bag. Now I can, in my mind, I, he's running toward Goliath. And he's got his sling in his hand. He's running, man, and he, he's not wasting any time. And he's reaching in his bag, and he's getting the bullet out, you know, and he's sticking it in his sling. He is getting ready. Now watch. He says, and let, let me finish reading. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a, a stone and slang it. And smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon uh, his face to the earth. Now, in my lifetime, now, now think about this. Uh, I've been in some tussles before with some big guys. And I learned early on, never let a big guy get, grab you. Amen? Because uh, if you ever let a big guy get a hold of you, you're pretty much done. I'm talking about from my standpoint. From y'all's perspective, it may be different, but not from mine. And a lot of folks have looked at David's choice of weapons here and they've given him a hard time for it. They say, man, it's like taking a, a knife to a gunfight. But now watch this. I want you to see it. But we've got to remember that when we go to battle for God, our methods might seem strange. Right. Amen. They may seem inadequate to the world. But in truth, watch this, they are God's preferred weapons and God's preferred weapons will give us the victory that we're looking for. 
Amen. Listen, the world sees the weapon, I don't know, I thought of knocking doors as impractical. I've even had a pastor tell me uh, not too many years ago that knocking doors just didn't work anymore. Well, that's not what God said. Listen, I'm talking about how the world sees the weapons of, of, of God uh, or that God gives us. The world sees, I don't know, our King James Bible as impractical, outdated. They, I mean, they think godly conservative music is just not going to work anymore. That, that dressing nice for worship and living a holy and separated life is impractical. I mean, after all, you have to incorporate the lifestyles and the philosophies of the world into the church if you're going to be able to reach anybody. Boo. No, that is not right. That's exactly what they think about David. Listen, here's this tank of a man out here that's got all of this impressive armor. And here comes this ruddy young boy out here, a young man out here. And he's got a sling and five rocks. Man, how antiquated is that? How stupid is that? Listen, he is coming into a battle with a a hardened soldier, a champion of a man. But listen, I'm here to let you know the things of this world that we are, the things that we do in this church may seem antiquated to the world, but I'm telling you, it still reaches people and they still get saved and they still get baptized and it changes their life as a result. And we ought to just keep doing what we're doing. Amen. I mean, David's implements were practical and they worked. Amen. Amen. I mean, this sling in David's day, if you think about it, was like a rifle in our day. You say, well, what makes you say that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look in Judges chapter 20, verse 16. You know, if you, God's stuff is always all through Scripture and we can see it if we just look. In Judges chapter 20, and verse 16... You learn about men in the tribe of Benjamin. The Bible said, who could sling stones at an hair breadth and not miss. Wow. Now remember, a sling in David's day was equal to the rifle in our day. We also find this sling in the days of Uzziah in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 14. When If you go and read there, you'll find that Uzziah armed his soldiers with slings, the Bible says, to cast stones. So listen, this wasn't some antiquated, uh, you know, kind of, uh, of, of uh, armament, if you will, or kind of weapon. No, listen, this, this was the kind of weapon that if, the, if these guys would practice it and use it, I'm telling you, it was a kind of weapon that, made, that, that was business when they got into a battle, and we see it here. So when David used the sling, it wasn't uncommon. Notice in verse 49 again that when David slung this stone, the Bible says uh, that it sunk. Uh, into Goliath's forehead. Now listen, one of the hardest parts of your body is your head. Amen? If you don't believe me, just you ought to talk to some of the people I've talked to in the past. (laughs) But it's it's a hard... Listen, and David slung this stone and it went right where God intended it to go. I still... I don't know, and I know I've said, but I'll use this again. When we, we went to paintball, you know, one time, and I had on my, a hat, and I had it turned around backwards, and you know how the little strap that comes across and where you tighten it up, and then there's a little gap about right here. Yeah. Justin Barber. I mean, had eye problems. And you know the old story, uh, blind in one eye, couldn't see how the poor uh, Justin, he couldn't, I mean, he couldn't see much. He had problem with his eyes, and... Uh, and and I was sneaking up on him one day, and I I mean we were and I I spent probably ten minutes crawling around to try to get on an angle where I could shoot him with my paintball. I thought I had him dead to rights. I crawl up around this tree branch and I look out and I start pulling my my paintball gun up and and he swings around and goes, and he shot me right here. Uh, the only place it had nothing to cover, 
that he could have shot me, and it was just right in my... And you talk about hurting. Now, if you've ever got shot by a paintball, they hurt to, to a point, especially on skin. And I thought, man, and I raised up my gun. We got out, and I said, Justin, man, man, I don't know how you did that. I didn't think you never saw me. He goes, yeah, I saw you, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Well, we started again, and we had another capture the flag. Probably 20 minutes went by, and there's a big hill like this, and I see Justin over here again, and I'm crawling around, same, same scenario. And I peek up over the hill, I get my paintball gun out, and he whips around and sh shoots me, and guess what? The exact same place. And thank God for makeup, because that was like on a Friday, and I had a big old bruise. I looked like Cyclops on my head, uh, right in my forehead, where he had shot me, and my wife doctored me up, got me ready to preach on a Sunday morning, and I thought, man... But I'm telling you, this part of the, I said all that, said this part of your head is solid. And the Bible says that when David slung that stone, it sunk into his skull. Now listen, if that'll do, if that did that to his skull, think of what it would have done if it would have hit him somewhere else. In the soft part of the body. David knew what he was doing. After all, he had been practicing his skill. He had been out slinging that stone, probably having target practice and other things. Listen, David knew what he was doing. The Bible says and told us that he was a warrior. Right. Amen. Amen. Notice in verse 50. After he slung the stone, the Bible says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. You know what God's trying to let us see here? that it's not the armor of the, the flesh of the hands, but it's things of God that make the difference. Listen, I'm here to let you know that what's going on in your life today, that God will make the difference. Listen, don't, don't trust in the things of this world. They won't help you when it comes to fighting the things of this world. The only thing that can bring you victory today are the things of Almighty God. And we see this with David. Uh, he prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, and a stone, and smote the Philistine, and slew him. But there was no sword in the in the hand of David. Now the miracle here, think about this, is both. It's a combination of human and divine. I want you to see this. David slung the stone. God guided the stone. God guided that stone to just the right place on Goliath, and it it delivered a knockout punch to him. I mean, think about it. It was like the arrow that killed Ahab in 1 Kings. If you go to 1 Kings chapter 22, now you think, what are the chances that David, with this stone, while he's running, he's reaching into his pouch, he pulls out a stone, I mean, he gets it, and Goliath is running. I mean, I don't think, when you run, you're not... You know, just smooth and you know your head's bobbing around. And, and I can see the guy with the shield, he's out there running around trying to stay in front of Goliath. And, and Goliath has this big helmet on and all this stuff. And David's like, what are the odds that that thing hits him right in the head? Well, if you look in 1 Kings 22 and verse 34, it tells us this, that a certain man talking about an arrow that killed Ahab... It says, a certain man drew a bow at a venture. Bing! And he let it go at a venture. And it says, and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. You know what? That's a God thing. Only God can do that. And folks, God will help us to victory, but we've got to do our part. We, we've got to be prepared. Now, listen, listen close. God does not perform miracles in such a way that allows us to be lazy. You know, if, if we'll build it, they'll come. Yep, Lord, I mean, I, I prayed. Yep, God, now I did my... No, wait a minute. That, that God doesn't do things so that we can be lazy. Right. Amen. Amen. I mean, he, uh, he, he, he still wants us and expects us, watch, to develop our gifts and our abilities that are given to us by God. God does not bless or reward lazy. 
Amen. I'm, I'm telling you, I still, uh, my dad made us work all the time. I'm still alive. Didn't kill me. I thought it was going to kill me. And even when we had some downtime, if my dad came in and saw us do, doing nothing, I'm telling you, he could always find us something to do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Listen, God doesn't reward lazy. He expects us to work. W-O-R-K, work. And it's the same thing when it comes to the, the work of Almighty God. God still expects us to work. Listen, if we're going to fill this place, then we've got to work at it. Amen. Listen, if we want to see the miracle of defeating the Goliaths in our life, think about it, then we are going to have to practice and study and whatever else we need to do to be used of God, listen, as he calls us in his work. we still got to do our part. That's why singers need to practice their songs before they sing. Not five minutes before. I know for a fact that Brother DeVito sends out text two weeks in advance reminding people that, hey, you're singing. And then, I, listen, and then sometimes he gets a response back that, you know, two days before, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to sing today or sing. No, wait a minute. It's on a schedule. It's two months out. Amen. Same thing about teaching. You know, don't wait till Saturday night or Sunday morning to get your lessons together. No, I've, I've, had, this, I've had my lesson ready for a week. Yeah. Uh, that's why we need to be prepared. That's why we ought to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Amen. Uh, be prepared. That's David. David was prepared. Notice when David killed Goliath, Notice the effect that it had on the Philistines. Now, I can, see, I can see the Israelites over here, the army of Israel, they're on this side. And then I can see the Philistines over here on this side. Philistines are over here going, get him, man, look at that kid. There ain't no way this is going to be a slaughter. This is going to be like taking candy from a baby. I can see them, man, they are chanting, they are going and... And, 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 and they think it's going to, and the Israelites over here on this side, listen, they have no courage whatsoever. They have done, and they're thinking, you know, I'm telling you, and they're thinking, oh, man, this is not going to be pretty. I mean, even King Saul said, go, and may the Lord be with you. Yeah, can you see them? I mean, both sides have their, they, I, I can see it in my mind what's going on. But then when that stone hit Goliath and then Goliath hit the ground, I mean, he fell like a tree. Brother, I mean, just timber kind of thing. <laughs> I can see the dust cloud just <laughs> falling face down. I mean, I can, I can see it in my mind's eye. I can see it happening. And then... All of a sudden, it's like, it's like a, a, a football game or a basketball game when the momentum shifts. The Philistines over here, they're going, oh. I can't believe it. Did, y'all, did you see what I saw? That's Goliath. He's the best of the best. This guy, he was a, the, he was a champion of a fighter. I mean, I, their eyes are like this. But then I look over on this side and I see the Israelite army, the same thing going, <gasps> I can't believe it. You know why? Because I think the Israelites are thinking the same thing that the Philistines were thinking that this is not going to, you know, Philistines were thinking a quick victory and the, and the Israelite army was thinking the same thing, a quick victory, but from the Philistine side. I, I, I mean, Saul didn't believe it. The, the, the Israelite army certainly didn't believe it. Uh, even, even David's own brother didn't believe it. How, how can you send your, your little brother out to do that? And man, I, I, can, I can see it. that Nobody could believe it. 
and the momentum shifts, and it went from the Philistines to the Israelites. And look in verse 51. It says, therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine. I can see David. <laughs> can you see? Listen, nine feet, six inches. And here's David, five, seven, five, eight probably. And he's thinking, man, I mean, he's standing right on him, maybe on his back, because I think he fell face down. Reaches down, grabs his sword out. Whoop! And hacks his head off. Listen, and, and the, think about it. Philistines are still over here going, <gasps> and they're looking, and they're probably looking at one another. And they're thinking, oh, no. Now what? Ah! And here's the Israelite army. They're going, I mean, they're after them. And the Bible says that the Philistines took off. They fled. Look in verse 51. It says he cut off his head. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. They ran. And the men of Israel and of Judah arose. I mean, they, they're, I mean evidently they're sitting now watching everything take place. So they got up and they took off after them. Listen, David's victory changed the attitudes of both armies. The Philistine army took off and the Israelite army shouted and ran after him. What an influence David had on the army, the entire army of Israel. Think about it. David was a better influence on the army of Israel than Eliab or Saul, either one. Simply because he wanted to do something because of God's honor. You see, your life, my life ought to encourage others to live a victorious and a godly life. Our life, listen, ought to be one that moves people toward and growing, uh, of growing and maturing in a relationship with God and not away from God. Look in verse 52 and verse 53. Israel pursued the Philistines until it says, Thou came to the valley and to the gates of Ekron, and, and, and the, the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way of Sharem, even unto Gath and unto Ekron, and the children spoiled their tents. What a victory! And God rewarded them as a, as a result. But it all took David. Listen, a lot of the Philistines were killed. Those that weren't, they were chased back into their own country. And folks, when God works, you don't have to pad the results to make things look good. If you're living for God, you won't have to tell people around you that, you know, you're living for God. You won't have to tell people around you what you're doing. It'll be obvious. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm living for God. Really? If you have to say it, then there's probably something wrong. It'll be obvious. We see it here. Uh, look in verse 54. It says, And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but, but he put his armor in his tent. Now, D David takes Goliath's head into Jerusalem, uh, and, and, it, and it sent a message to the enemies of Israel of, of their victory over the Philistines. And I, I agree with some of the other commentators. I, I, thought, I think that's a little hideous. I, I think that's a kind of a memorial that's kind of, a, you know, hideous. But when I thought about that, I thought, you know, don't you think what we need today is some hideous memorials of sin parked around some prominent places in our lives and in our country? Yeah. To show others the awful price of sin. But instead of putting up memorials like that, we put up ungodly memorials. Sin, think about this, is falsely advertised as something grand and great and beautiful. But sin is anything but that. Goliath, watch, was impressive in his armor of brass, but he was profane, he was corrupt. And sin is the same way. Sin may look impressive, it may look fun, but it's always profane and corrupt. And if we would remember, think about it from whence we came, then just maybe we'd live a more consecrated and separated life for God. 
Listen, I think back to my life, and I'm telling, and, and I don't think long about it. I don't want to. I don't want to give Satan that kind of time in my thought process. But I do remember where I came from. And I'm thankful that God gives me victory over that every single day. Uh, but listen, I cannot do it in the strength of this flesh. I can only do it in the strength of Almighty God. David said, listen, you come to me with your armor of the flesh. He said, I come to you in the name of God, Jehovah God. And God gave him the victory for it. Listen, if you're struggling or going into battles and things of your life, listen, you need to approach them the same way. I come to you in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you'll clothe yourself in the armor of Almighty God, listen, this like we're talking about on Sunday afternoon, I'm telling you, God will take care of you. But God help us. I told my son this the other day. I said, son, he was telling me about some things. I said, listen, you just let God be God in your life. Don't get in his way. Uh, sometimes we get in God's way. And it takes God longer to work around us than it does to work through us. So if we'll just get out of God's way and let God be God, when we run toward the battle, we can run in the name of God the Father. Listen, and God will give us the victory. And all God's people can say, Amen. Amen. Father, help us. Strengthen us, Lord. Uh, God, I'm thankful that we have this... Uh, this um, record of history, Lord, in Scripture about David. But God, he came to the, to the battle in the name of the Lord God. And, and Lord, we can still do that today. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, I know that there's battles that we face in this life. And God, I pray that you'd help us to face them in the strength of Almighty God. And God, that we'll just move out of your way and let you be God through us, Lord. And uh, God, we give you praise for that. So, Lord, strengthen us tonight. Help us, God. And, and uh, Lord, help us to be strengthened knowing that, God, that you're still on the throne. And, uh, God, that you still want, to, want us to, to do those things. Help us not to be lazy, Lord, but help us to work hard and strive for the, or contend for the faith, Lord, and strive for the things of the gospel. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and, Lord, speaking to your heart about something, maybe you just want to come and pray, then I encourage you to come.